Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi. Welcome to the uh, <laughs> completely unnecessary podcast number uh, 166 for Thursday, June 27th. It's summer in 2019. It is. Alongside Ian Ferguson. It's warm. Uh, I can I'm, already feel the heat. I'm Pat Contry. You can feel the heat? Yes. We passed that longest day of the year already. Now it's all down, downhill from here. We'll be discussing on the podcast today uh, the major video game companies coming out against the tariffs. The C64 full-size keyboard console system thingamajobber coming later this year. Uh, Mario Royale being DMCA'd and then being DMCA'd again, I guess. <laughs> yeah, as of like this morning. The Eon N64 HDMI adapter and some other stuff. A Patreon poll. Maybe a Tales from the Game Store. Ian, did you miss me while I was gone? No. <laughs> it wasn't that long. <laughs> I mean, it was fine. It was, it was seven days I was gone. Yeah. I mean, you had a good time. We'll get into that. We'll get into that. Uh, do you want to talk about Bloodstained real quick? Yeah, I mean, I'll bring it up. It's finally uh, out, right? Yeah, it finally came out. Talked uh, about it on the podcast like eight years ago. I, <laughs> uh, I picked it up for the PlayStation 4. And um, so far, it's actually been very good. I enjoy it. Um, it plays much like uh, any other Castlevania that's been you know released since... Um, since Symphony of the Night. The free-flowing ones. Yeah. So RPG elements. Right. You know. So it's got the same um, <clears throat> composer, and the same guy who was behind uh, the original Castlevania, Zigarashi, was designing it. Um, composer was Michiru Yamane. Uh, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's fun. Um, it nails the tone. Uh, the gameplay feels right. And uh, I'm happy that I bought it before I found out that Way Forward was involved. Um because I've always had a weird past with way forward games, and uh, people people were asking um, on uh, Twitter what my beef with way forward was, and it's not like I have a you know uh, <laughs> um, <clears throat> I'm out for blood. I just uh, I was told I was hyped up for Risky's Revenge, and it was awful. I didn't like it at all. Um, I didn't like the Adventure Time game, um, and I did not like the uh, Ducktales. Uh, remaster so uh, I've always been kind of leery of them since uh, but they did a good job and the game seems relatively large uh, I've only explored maybe 15% of it um, and yeah I'm just happy it came out and it seems like fans of the Castlevania type genre and people who were hoping for it to be um, you know a really great spiritual successor it looks like it's worked out so far so the Kickstarter was four years ago this month holy yep. crap we did talk about that back then. Yeah. Wow. And they ran into trouble. Uh, like, I think like two years ago or something. Yeah, about two years ago, uh, they ran into some trouble and they had to bring in, you know, a large chunk of a new team. And that's where Way Forward came in. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 
I was I'm pretty we, sure that's we, where we, we probably discussed that in. as yeah. well. They they had a reverse course at some point. Yep. So wow, so this has been development for a long time. Yeah. But glad that it came out. It's all. It's also on. Is it on the Switch as well? It's on Switch, PlayStation Four, Xbox One, and on. Uh, you can get it on Steam. Psst. Get it on Steam. Yeah. Is it on Steam? I just saw it's like thirty-five bucks or so, forty bucks, something like that, on there. Well, that's good, Ian. You enjoy that? I I haven't played a lot of those style Castlevania games. They seem enjoyable. Yeah, I mean, you... kind of mindless, just hitting everything, trying to level up, get some cool objects and treasures and stuff. I mean, I'd tell you to play them, but you won't. <laughs> I don't know why we got to start this way on the podcast. Cause, I'm cause... back. I'm exhausted still. Um, that's good. Uh, so, quick water heater update before I went to too many games. Oh boy. So it's not as I mean it was where we were before. I, I was going to be screwed at a, at a paying this amount of money, and 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 people were like, "Well, Pat, you know they got to replace the parts because they got to be warranted for." I I get if you want to replace everything around them, don't upcharge me literally four to five hundred percent of the parts that I could buy myself at Home Depot. Just don't do that. Then uh, I would have less of a problem. These parts should have cost one hundred and fifty dollars, not four hundred and fifty dollars. It probably was only one hundred dollars. Anyway, so um. It was installed. It was the same guy who BS'd me before. And the whole time, I'm like, I feel like I'm held hostage. Install my hot water heater. Get the hell out of my life. But, of course, in like three quarters of the way through, he asked to use my bathroom. And my instinct told me that, you know, I should have said, you know, no, but I'm a human being. Yes, you can't deprive someone of a bathroom. No. Plus, you don't want him going inside of my house. Yeah, I mean, he would have just peed on your floor. So, but it's that nightmare of, you know, a, a, a larger plumber using a bathroom. It's been a trope forever. Um, and then, so he doesn't take his shoes off, like some plumbers usually do when they go in your house. Um, I'm like, okay, this is going to be good. Um, so he's in the bathroom. So at the same time, I'm like going to tinkle in my bathroom. It's like let's time this out. Since I'm taking tinkle? A, I'm, yeah. Since I'm taking a tinkle in theory, about th- twenty five seconds or so, rough rough tinkle average. Hopefully, he's just taking a tinkle in the other bathroom. Please God, he's just taking a tinkle. And so I, I take the average tinkle time. I, you know, I, I give it a couple of snaps to make sure there's nothing else there. Snaps. I wash my hands like like you're supposed to do. Water snaps? first. Or, or flicks to make sure there's no water, water coming out. I don't know. So I, I do I do water, soap, and then water again, like a, like a like a non-barbarian. Wash my hands, and then I come out and I go, oh no, I don't even hear the, I don't even hear the sink being used yet. Oh no, this this is a this isn't a number one from the plumber. It's not at all. So then a couple more minutes pass, and I'm like, oh oh no no. So he finally gets out, and then he goes back to work. And the first thing I'm thinking of, please do not be destroyed, my toilet. Please. Then I'd hear that the the fan, commonly known as the fart fan, to get the smell out. That wasn't turned on. Mm. I could hear that it wasn't on. but So I have to go in there. So I walk in the bathroom. And then I look at the toilet. Of course, the seat's still up. Um, I don't see any any horrible damage to begin with. That's good. In the toilet. But then it hits me. Now I, I'm going to, to say this: out of my five senses, my sense of smell is is strongly the worst of my five senses. I, I mean, strongly. I, I do not smell things easily. I don't breathe that heavy to pick it up. So it wasn't the smell that came out of that bathroom. 
It wasn't like the sewer really foul stench that you would think this would be the horrible smell. It was worse. It was an unholy must. Musk, I should say. Unholy musk that sort of like wafted around me and then into my nostrils and mouth. And it was not a smell I had experienced probably before in my life. And so I quickly as possible put on the fart fan, opened up the window to get some fresh air in there. That musk stuck to my nostril hairs for a good 10 to 15 minutes afterwards. And I'm not even joking. I could not get the smell out of my nose. What I smell smelled. It was demonic. I'd rather have been something just foul and quick and get it over. No, it was unholy. That smell. I almost felt like I had to like burn a match and then stick it up my nose to get that smell out. So that was great. That was fine. That was that was great. Yikes. I went and got the Febreze, like Rambo, and double fisted him inside the bathroom. Double guns. <laughs> double double guns. Double gun the Febreze. I mean, top of everything else, I thought I, that would have been fine. Like getting screwed out of that money if that didn't happen. That was just like insult to injury. Yeah. There on top of that, put on the fucking fart fan. Open the window if you know it's bad. He knew it was bad. He had to have known that was bad. He had to have. It was one of those, like, probably, like... It was probably, like, a sandwich he'd eaten a week and a half before. Oh, Christ on a cross. That, that finally, finally forced its way through his, his, his intestine. You know, that, that's what it came across as to me. Anyway, Ian, I went to too many games. I went to the zoo. A lot. A lot while I was gone? I've been... Well, I mean, I've been to the zoo at least once a week for the past four weeks. <laughs> that's good, Ian. I think, I think the second week I went twice. Too many games was fun. That's a zoo of a different sort. It is a zoo. Uh, thanks for everyone that came out. I sold almost all the certain NES guidebook that I'll, that I'll, that I brought out there. Um, the 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 I guess the topic du jour there was you have now all the buyers that are that are knee deep into the water graded games through Heritage mm-hmm. and someone that I've emailed with back and forth. So is VGA dead? VGA's no, yeah, they they're pretty much done. They tried to go to too many games. Remember last year to compete with Wada. Yeah. They're done. Because uh, Wada has, has a deal with Heritage and I think maybe Cyberlink Auction. Is that the other one? I forget. So anyway, so you have buyers now coming. And these are ex-coin and comics guys. We've talked about that before. They are now buying just about every sealed NES game. And even Super Nintendo game that they can find. Every one. I saw someone with a Top Secret episode sealed one. I was like, oh, I have that. Um not worth a huge amount. Shouldn't be. Uh, and then they're also buying every complete in box, like higher end game, like games that cost you know hundreds and hundreds, several hundred dollars at least. But then they're also buying every black box, sticker sealed black box game or first edition of them, even if they're opened. So their gambit is that the first edition of even something like Duck Hunt and Gyromite will be worth thousands of dollars in the future because it's the first edition of it not one of the re-releases so they're going and they're paying and they're paying a lot for these games more than i almost want to share because it's insane how much they're paying potentially for some of these games like i could have multiple of a sticker seal duck hunt open you know or a gyromite and they're paying a lot through this now those games aren't like they're not super common you can right. but they're not extremely rare either you know so we, to me it's always like you have to 
think in perspective about what these games actually are, plus if people are going to want them 20 years from now for the amount that you think they're going to be worth. But that's where we're at with them. And I, and I had some constructive conversations slash arguments with some, like, you know, kind arguments, not like yelling at each other. It's like, oh, I disagree. I, sure. I just disagree. It's not comic books. It's not. It's not. Um, but that was the big thing I took away from too many games. It'd be, it'd be interesting to see how that expands by the time I get to Portland. If, if it's going to be a thing, then you crack right. your knuckles for that experience. But uh, but yeah, they were buying a lot. They're, people were spending a lot of money. I, I say like five to seven people were spending like a handful were spending a lot of money on that sort of stuff. And Crazy. of course, and of course, the sellers like, yeah, sure, buy it. Yeah, <laughs> go ahead. Um, and then uh, I I I might have uh, visited a, a local friend to to shoot a couple of uh, videos as well. We'll just say while I was there. Um, so, so yeah, it was a good, it was good. I got my, I got my friendlies ice cream while I was there. That's always fun. And of course, uh, someone uh, gave me a box of devil dogs. Thank you for Drake's. And then I forgot that he had gave me one. So then I bought another box of devil dogs. <laughs> so I'll give you maybe a double devil dog or two. Woo. And then coffee cakes. Yeah. And then even though you can find them somewhere, I had to get a box of tasty cake crimpets. You have to. Sure. Scott's crimpets. I mean, they're I, easier you, you, to find. You them. can find them here, right? Somewhere. But yeah, yeah. You, you had to do that. You can find them a couple places. Yeah, so I, I got that out of the way, and then I went. To, I went to the Seaside Heights Boardwalk on um, on Monday with my sister and her husband. I want. I did not do as well as Frog Bog this year, but I did it well. I put a, a video up on on um, on on Twitter uh, of the crane game. Yeah, that looked fair. Totally rigged, and I'm telling you, it was it was semi. It might have been semi rigged 20 years ago, but I would have won something with that same uh, tech, awesome technique I have. Uh, I'm a pretty good crane game person. So that was kind of disappointing that they're not even pretending that those are even semi-fair. Because in the past, there were machines, you can tell by the style machine, that have a stronger grip than ones that were weaker. Sure. Remember like the automated like tabletop versions where you hit one button and go up, then across? Yeah. Those were always a little tougher. But you could still win a prize with, with any of those machines. Right. You, you could. This, they're not pretending anymore that you can win a prize. Yeah. You saw that. The Goomba got picked up like three times. Oh, yeah. And then as soon as it got to the top, bam gone it's ridiculous it's absolutely ridiculous you know um so the most important thing that happened though while i was home so i rescued my buddy marky stevens i rescued good old marky stevens there he is there's a little beauty mark from a pen or something on his cheek like a scar got into a fight with his homemade salmon colored overalls that my great aunt betty made and the cute little tie and the plaid weird shirt. It works for him, though. I think he pulls it off right. It's a good tie. So this is his original socks. There. He's my buddy. He's my buddy. Couldn't find the, the uh, birth... Um, Certificate. Uh, the actual, yeah, the actual one with, with like, the, the seal on it. Yeah. I have the adoption papers. I don't have the, the, the uh, one you put on the wall. So Marky Stevens, thank you, buddy. I missed you. Give, give Daddy a kiss. Thank you. So we're going to put you back here. Right there. And uh, anyway, so yeah, so that was my uh, that was my uh, that was my week away. Ian, you enjoyed me not bothering you, harassing you to call me back when you don't call me back for like two days. I'll call you back within two days now. It improved from uh, three days. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, real quick, we'd be remiss not to uh, at least mention the passing of Etika Desmond Amofa. He was a big YouTuber. I didn't know much about his career, but it seemed like everyone loved the guy. And he unfortunately uh, uh, committed suicide uh, in New York. Um, obviously, social media uh, brings a spotlight onto people and, and their problems. In this case, is probably the 
the time I've seen it happen the most for people on YouTube or social media where you saw someone's uh, problems on screen for better or for worse, literally likely for unfold. worse, literally unfold with problems with the police being called to make sure he was okay. And then it, it, I guess there was a downward spiral, unfortunately. Um, so obviously, uh, if, if you're if you're experiencing problems, there's always someone that you can speak to. You can go to suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Uh, there's also the, the the hotline you can call uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's free, confidential uh, support for people in distress. It's one 8255 There, there's always someone there you can talk to. So, all right, Ian. First topic of the day. Uh, we're going to get political with games. Keep, keep your politics out of my games. Well, unfortunately they're, they're married now. Um, so we all know about the, the tariff wars going on with China the past couple of years with the Trump administration. Oh, yeah. They're going over real well. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, the, the soybean farmers in the Midwest are getting, uh, they dick, love it a little a D in the B they're getting right now. They don't like it at all. Uh, t- tariffs. If you don't know, they're, they're usually an import. They're, it's a tax. It's an import tax on goods from another country coming in. And in theory, it's to help level the playing field between manufacturing of products domestically versus foreign manufacturing. That's in theory. It's supposed to be, okay, well, well, the price then comes up for cheaper goods versus uh, domestic. So then you're more likely to buy domestic. It almost never works out that way, though. No. Almost never. But more importantly, it can only have a chance... If the product that you're putting the tariff on is also produced domestically here in the United States in this example, but this is going to be potentially a tariff on video game consoles that are produced in China. And so we're talking uh, almost all of them are made in China. Yeah. Then the supply lines are deeply, deeply rooted in in China. So we're talking uh, Nintendo consoles, Microsoft consoles, Sony consoles, the big three. So all three of them came out together saying, um, yeah, this is bad. This is going to hurt us and, more importantly, hurt consumers. Because you see what happens with tariffs, which they try to like not tell you about for some reason, is that it increases the cost of goods, but that cost of goods gets passed on the, to the consumer. Right. So course. we pay the tax. Nintendo will make up. The tariffs they'll have to pay potentially. Microsoft will make up the tariffs, and Sony will by us paying it. They don't want us to pay them for them though, because they're going to have to increase the price of their products to compensate. Right. They so want... they're not going to take that extra money out. We're just going to have to pay for it on the back end. Yeah. This will this will be a twenty five percent tariff on holy video game crap. Consoles. There's no way they're going to fucking. They're not going to pocket that. That's not yeah. like two percent or five percent. No, that gets passed on. So again, they're not going to make that 25% money, but they don't want to pay for it themselves. They're going to have us pay for it. So your so your uh so your switch if it came out the next year might be $40 more, might be $30 more depending on uh I don't know if if the if the taxes uh the wholesale cost coming in or what the proposed uh, retail cost is. I think it's the retail though. I don't know. The whole point is it's going to cost more money. Um reading from the article here. The companies say that 96%, this is just more depth than what I was saying earlier, 96% of video game consoles imported by the U.S. are manufactured in China, and this is the important thing, and that due to the custom hardware inside of them, they can't easily be made elsewhere. The video game console supply chain has developed in China over many years of investment by our companies and our partners, they say. Um, 
Right. So perfect example of this doesn't work. You, there's nowhere else to turn for this stuff. We're, we're not making PlayStations in the U.S. Yeah. So the tariff doesn't make any sense to begin with, but it's not like they can pick up and move it anywhere else. Right. They couldn't. So this is wholly ineffective and really only exists. It's to, gross. Because uh, we have an idiot who doesn't know how fucking tariffs work. The, the hot smoothie tariff. Everyone knows that one. They thought that was going to help in the in the uh, in the twenties. No, it hastened the Great Depression in the thirties. I think it was the late twenties they, they tried that tariffs. Listen, I'm not a. I, I don't know a huge history about tariffs. Are tariffs are all I know is that that um, the companies don't pay the tariff. That's all I know. Yeah, in the end they don't. They'll they'll, they'll keep their profit margin the same. And so um, this is again this is a joint letter. So it's just like oh we all get screwed. We come, we we come together in unison because we're all getting screwed. <laughs> Kumbaya, we're all getting screwed. Screwed. So I um, I did. I had never heard of the uh, Smoot Hawley tariff. That's the famous one. But I thought you said a uh, hot smooly. So I tried to look up don't, a hot smooly. I would not recommend looking yeah, up a I'm hot not, smooly. I'm not going any further. I don't know what a um, hot smooly is. Because, and this is more from the statement. Because of the deep inter- interdependence on v- of video game consoles and game software and due to, to the price sensitivity of video game console purchasers, tariffs on video game consoles will not only harm our companies, consumers, and retailers, but will also disproportionately harm the thousands of small and medium-sized software and accessory developers in the United States. Thus, these tariffs would have a ripple effect of harm that extends throughout the video game ecosystem. Then they're absolutely right. If people might be less likely to get on board, you know, if a four hundred dollar console now because the tariffs is going to cost I don't know four fifty four seventy five depending on where that twenty five percent is is laid down, um, you might be less likely to do that. This also though will, would affect potentially uh, I don't know like Hyperkin Retrobit. Yeah, these are not huge companies compared to Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft. So. This isn't just like, oh, don't worry about these massive companies. No, these are smaller companies that can get affected too. Yeah. And, and, and they have less wiggle room on profit than the bigger companies even do. American business first. Yeah. So, um, again, this would only make sense if we were to, if Nintendo was making their switches uh, up in Redmond. Like, it would, <laughs> yeah, if, we, if we could redirect that money directly <laughs> here, that would make sense. But we can't. No. No. It's just it's a tax. It, it's a consumer tax. It's a retail tax. Uh, that's how the effect of it is. All right. Uh, well, these are newly proposed, and hopefully they'll get fucking slapped down. Uh, yeah, uh, it's uh, it's not fun. It's not good. And uh, yeah, uh, politics and gaming. Sorry, you can't keep them out. Nope. And this is like textbook to how you can't keep them away. All right, Ian Commodore sixty four clone with a working keyboard. I feel like we've discussed this before. So I think it's just back in the news again because it's actually finally, um, it's actually happening. So um, about a, what, I think it was earlier this year, um, about a year ago, uh, there was a tiny uh, clone of the Commodore 64 that was released. The Mini Mini C64. The C64 Mini. Uh Um, The... It had like a fully molded keyboard. It was very pretty looking and all that. But the keyboard didn't work. Um, basically, you plugged it into your TV, you plugged in a joystick, and off you went playing the games. It came with the, the, the joystick yeah. from back in the day. So, so that I, 
people were upset that the the you know the uh, keyboard didn't work and you couldn't you know use it more I'm type like this. Yeah, <laughs> you couldn't use it more um, like an actual Commodore sixty four. Or maybe load on more games or whatever. Yeah, I think you could have loaded them on that. I'm not certain about, but anyways, so they uh, have announced. I think they announced it back when this Kickstarter happened, but they put it off for the C64 Mini. Now we're getting the C64. It's a full-size um, Commodore 64 uh, with a working keyboard, uh, HDMI out, and oh. uh, it looks pretty great. Um, comes with basic pre-installed, and the neat thing is there's three modes for it. You can have it function like a classic Commodore 64, uh, you can have it function like a VIC-20, and you oh. can have it function out of the box like it is with you know all the included stuff. So um, it can do a lot more than I probably would have ever expected this to do. I figured okay. it might have been a plug-and-play with an interesting you know, keyboard that you could use to navigate around, and that might be fun. Um, but it actually seems like it can be used as a, as a Commodore. Um, has the same collection of games that the Mini has. Okay, that's good. So, um, so the mini was about a hundred dollars, I believe. Um, what's one twenty? Okay, this is going to be one twenty, which I think is, I mean, perfectly reasonable. So honestly. I would just get this because this, this does everything the mini does plus more. Yeah, it just depends on how much space you want to take up, but um, I think this is definitely the cooler option, and I'm glad to see it finally coming. But this uh, this does not out. come with a joystick, though. But I'm sure it's probably USB. You can probably because no, it has a joystick. Oh, you do get Should. the you, you, yeah. you, you get the joystick with it. Yeah, you do. Which I think was reviewed well, but you get that crappy ass joystick, and I'm sure you can hook up your own pad to it. Yep. So, where's the game list? We got the game list that, here. That I do not have. Here's the trailer for the C64 here. Our wedding Commodore 64 and VHS. That's kind of a weird intro. Snazzy, snazzy rendering, stunning HD graphics. I think it's seven seven twenty p. It's it's doing. It's about the probably the most you want for a Commodore sixty four. So got California games there. Here's here's a game list. I'm not going to go through all of it because holy shit, there's a lot. But um, some big ones: uh, Alley Cat, um, Boulder Dash, California games, Chips Challenge. Okay. Um, both Cybernoid, uh, Cybernoid, Cybernoid games. Cybernoid. Uh, both impossible missions. Um, let's see. Skate crazy. School days. School days is cool. Um, yeah, summer games too. Okay, etc. Winter games, world games, all those really cool epics games that it's, I loved playing. Is it sixty four games? How many games? I don't know. I, I don't know. Okay, I'm, the I'm mini. Not, I'm not counting. I think the mini had sixty four to be cute. Okay. Okay. That looks like it could be. Let me get snippy. I just asked. I don't know if it was numbered the list. I don't have this. what website is that on with the with the. With no, the no, list? my 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 tummy just rumbled when I was responding to you. It wasn't you? I was upset with. I was upset with my stomach. Oh, no, you were getting weird. snippy anyway. But yeah, yeah. I was your stomach telling you to calm down a bit. I think you calm down. So okay. So when is this coming out? When we, when we got this coming out, uh, December fifth, one hundred twenty dollars, bunch of games. Uh, you you can load up probably more ROMs if you figure out how with the the four USB ports. Okay, there's four of them. Okay, there's only two on the um the mini. Yeah. Uh, okay, and and Vic twenty, which I know. Think I know, think I know nothing about Commodore sixty four. I know less about the Vic twenty. <laughs> I feel like I know more about Vic twenty because really? for whatever reason, more Vic twenty games come into Luna than anything Commodore sixty four. More of those longer ass beige cream no, cartridges. They're so ugly. <laughs> yes. No those. graphics at all. Just words. Yep. 
Like, sea battle. I think we've got, like, spider slaughter, and I don't know. I want to play spider slaughter. Spider slaughter? Is that a game? It's probably, I think it's called Spider hey, City. Hey, home, home community, make a Vic-20 spider, <laughs> spider slaughter <laughs> with Ian's face on the spiders. Oh, that's awful. Uh, <laughs> all right, I, I think after this, this is probably the most, I mean, obviously the ZX Spectrum didn't come out here. You think there'd be a... A mini version of that. Or, I don't think anyone's going to touch that. I think that the while. handheld didn't do well at all. Uh, that that kind of went belly up. People are going to stay away from that. Yeah. What about the what was the one? The dragon. What was the dragon? Was that dragon a dragon? Was a TI. That was a, that was a TI clone. It was a TI clone. Okay. Uh, we can, maybe the BBC Micro. Maybe BBC we'll... Micro Mini or the <laughs> TI the the, 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 the Timex Sinclair uh, Mini. Right. We can do that one. Right. I, I I found those at the swap meet before. Two of them. Really. Yeah. Sinclairs. Yeah weird little guys the little uh the little smaller ones yeah really strange uh they're now hidden in my in my uh, house of a uh, garage of computer horrors where there's just boxes and boxes of stuff that when i die metal jesus rock is going to haul away gladly in his in his uh u-haul van <laughs> i should start leaving uh, i should have a living will for all my video game stuff yeah. yeah do you want my what do you want my pc engine stuff turbo stuff is that what you want sure sell my magical chase at Luna Video Games? I don't know. Two locations. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's enough for the... Co- I might actually be interested in something like this. I actually might uh, for this, having little experience with Commodore 64 besides Lemonade Game. I still might have interest in this. All my friends had a Commodore 64. We used to play the Epics games on there, like 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 the G.I. Joe game and the, you know, the Winter Games, stuff like that. Yeah, I, I love Epics Winter Games. That was like one of my favorite games as a kid. Okay. All right. Um, so we had the... Mario Royale uh, come out while Pat was gone in this huge uh, whirlwind trip, Ian. We got... So, a game came out named uh, Mario Royale. Um, and a lot has happened with it in the less than a week yeah. <laughs> it's been out. So, basically, Mario Royale was a really cool idea. Um, you could have, uh, I think it was 75... 75. 75 players uh, at a time. And it was essentially a race to the finish of the level. Um, you couldn't jump... Four on- levels. It gave you, I think it gave you a random, like, first, second, third, and then dungeon. It's strung together for you. Okay. Well, anyways, it's a race to the end of the level, and um, you couldn't actually, like, jump on other characters. Like, you would face through them. They were shadows. However, you could use invincibility stars or fire flowers to uh, knock them out. Yeah, there's only one power-up that you can get. So, basically, treats it as one level. Yep. So if I got the Fire Flower, I could take out other people. Correct. But they couldn't get it as well. So a very neat idea, an idea that I unfortunately only read about and did not get a chance and to play. In browser, yeah. online as well. So it was shut down. Uh, it was DMCA'd by Nintendo. Uh, I think we all figured that this was going to happen. The guy who even made it said uh, that he was uh, fairly certain that it was likely to happen. Sure. So it got taken down. Uh, and then he put it back up as DMCA Royale, where they changed, <laughs> they changed uh, enemy sp- sprites and they changed uh, Mario's sprite, uh, and they called him Infringio. 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 Um, but that, unfortunately, I think that happened yesterday. Uh, when I got here today, Pat was like, "Hey, did you play that?" And I was like, "No, I didn't get a chance to." So I loaded it up to try to do a quick run in browser. And unfortunately, it takes us to a page where, sorry, your battle royale is in another castle. This was created by Inferno Plus. 
And then, so yeah, if you go to infernoplus.com, uh, sorry, your battle royale is in another castle. Unfortunately, Uncle Nintendi's uh, lawyers have informed me that despite my best efforts, the game still infringes their copyright. They refuse to give me specifics. I asked multiple times, but it would seem that uh, either the level design or general mechanics are still too close to the original game. As a result, I can't just blindly change the game and leave it up. Doing so would put me at risk of further legal action. I'll likely talk in detail about the game and its short lifespan on my YouTube channel in the coming weeks. I'm sorry about this, guys. It was fun while it lasted. Here lies Infringio. He was too good for this world. <laughs> so it, it's a bummer. Um, I, I actually would love to play this. Um, I just... This guy didn't seem like he was very upset. He seemed like he kind of understood it was going to happen and why it happened. Um, I just... I, I wish people would stop these fan projects that are... Because it's wasting their time. Well, you have... I mean, it's a good idea. And now that this idea is out there, hopefully this person will turn it into another game. And I understand homages. It's fun to work with characters. I'm not, like, mad or yelling at anyone here. But I, every time this happens... It, it it doesn't go well, and it's lost time. It's it's a loss of a good idea. Well, it's not a loss of a good idea. The idea is now out there. Sure, and I'm sure this might live on in other various websites. I'll just take the code, put it up, and let you play it. He just can't do it himself. Right, it's out there. Uh, the, this isn't to me quite the same as those huge ass Pokemon games that Nintendo was like. Well, we're doing our own Pokemon games that looked somewhat like this. Just cut it out. Nintendo might not have ever done something like this but it's still using their intellectual property obviously oh, sure. and maybe they thought about this i don't know maybe this gives them the idea to do it that could be a positive but no at the end of the day it's up to the people if they know their time's gonna be wasted that's that's their prerogative to, to work on them. oh i know i'm just saying you i know. think it's a shame of course no, of course it's a shame i didn't even get a chance to play it i would have played it right, right at the podcast yeah i would have gra- grabbed my usb uh super nintendo controller and i, I would have tried to do it you know, for not a while. hardcore enough for arrow keys. What's that? You're not hardcore enough. Oh for arrow no, this keys? is in '95. You know, back in high school, college, trying to play, trying to play Nesticle '98, '99. No, even by then, I had my Gravis pad on my, on my, uh, on my what the hell port, whatever those were. Playing Ducktales on. I there was no was USB in '98 yet. That's right. Yeah, there wasn't. <laughs> just about wasn't yet, or, or just the start of it. No. What you said, playing Ducktales with the keys. It was, it was awful, miserable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure half the people that did just use the keys and do it. Yeah, it's interesting seeing the gameplay of it. You know, the enemies, you can stop and go and still try to do that. And you have the shadows going. You can try to hit the shell into to the other people. It, it's a great it's a great fucking idea. Yeah. It's great. This could be something Nintendo could probably do. Is that the sound I hear of that? I just heard a weird sound. I did, too. Was that your stomach again? No. Was, I heard like a machine sound. And yeah, my audio too. is off. So Yeah, mine is, too. That was strange. Play that back, conspiracy theorists. <laughs> Play it back backwards. Uh, All right. Yeah, it's a, it's an adorable idea uh, for a game. You you can try to probably screw with people and just stay behind and just get the get the fire flower. Then maybe come from behind if no one else has gotten it. Uh, no, it's it's a great idea. Inferno Plus, never heard him before. Now he's on my radar. Now you know. Now uh, I'll I'll see what he's uh, going to be up to in the, in the future. You know, he's got he's got over three hundred thousand uh, YouTube followers. Uh, probably, obviously, he's a talented YouTuber, and now he he did a nice game that you can say Nintendo DMCA and cease and desisted me on. In the future, it's a badge. It's a badge of honor. It's a merit badge, like like the Metroid. I think, it, I think that's a very very indie game dev merit badge. Create, create <laughs> a Nintendo homage that DMC. Like 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 the like the like the Return of Samus one a couple years ago. That Nintendo Nintendo was doing that again themselves. Yeah. They had to do that. 
Uh, yeah, now that you have all these articles saying why is Nintendo doing this, well, they, well, the fact of the matter is they've been doing this forever now, and you, you, you can't be shocked. Um, yeah, like, agree or disagree, at this point, we just know that it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Maybe if he started with Infringio, maybe they would have... <laughs> They would have. They could have pretended they didn't know it existed. Right. Then it'll be like, okay, we can pretend it doesn't exist. And so if this comes up in twenty years, saying, well, why didn't you go after that for some other copyright? Because we didn't know what Infringio was was Mario. Right. (laughs) We didn't know that. So, all right. uh, Good job on Inferno Plus. Hopefully, I can still play this at some point in my life. The CU Podcast is proud to be working with NordVPN. It's what I use to keep myself safe online, and you can too. If you care about the privacy and security of your information. NordVPN is giving you 66% off a two-year plan when you go to nordvpn.com slash podcast or use code podcast at checkout. VPN stands for Virtual Private Network, and today having a VPN is more critical than ever. Why? If you're doing anything online, your information and browsing habits are out there for anyone to get a hold of. When you use NordVPN, you have access to over 4,000 super speedy servers in, 60, in 62 countries, and those connections secure your information using military-grade encryption. That means your information and what you do online is nearly impossible to track. They have that app for your phone and mobile devices. There's also, uh, obviously, for your PC, for your laptop as well. One one account lets you protect up to six devices, and PC Mag made NordVPN their editor's top VPN choice. Unlimited bandwidth, uh, for, and there's a money-back guarantee as well if you're not happy. You can also try to hop on servers around the world, and maybe you can see those uh, Doctor Who episodes uh, a little earlier. Oh, wink. wink! Try that. Again, for that special offer... 66% off a two-year plan. Go to nordvpn.com slash podcast or use code podcast and get going with your secure web browsing. Eon! Yeah. Oof. Eon, Ian. Yes. Ian, Eon. Wow. Uh, Raising your voice. Eon, uh, makers of fine uh, HDMI adapters for consoles. We got the uh, the GameCube one right here, which I think they, just, they came out recently with the second version of. Yes. So these uh, these do upscaling. Uh, to consoles, and so this was their their first release, major release. This came out, I believe, a year and a half ago, almost at least a year, a year, because I saw it at PAX East last year, like a year and a half ago. This came out the GCHD uh, to supercharge your GameCube. Well, now Ian, something that's to me a lot more exciting, and probably a lot of people at this point, uh, they've announced their their Super sixty four, first of its kind plug and play HDMI adapter. For your original Nintendo 64. So what do you get, Ian? You get your N64 S video scale to 480p. Now before you say, why not 720p? Because as we talked about before, you don't want your, your N64 graphics to be too clear. There's, there, <laughs> there's that point where you don't want to be too clear because it'll look kind of trashy. Uh, but 4, 480p is a big improvement. S video is a lot cleaner than your composite on top of that. Uh, lagless input, uh, you get your standard HDMI output, but you have a slick mode if you want to get rid of the jaggy edges. Looks like it puts a little filter. Uh, yeah, it, it. They have a comparison um, shot where, um, yeah, it looks like it's smoothed on the edges. I don't know if it's a filter or what it's doing. Uh, it says lagless input, and I believe it. I don't know if that would be affected by activating. Um, you know, a mode like slick mode. I don't know if that would add anything to it, but it looks nice either way. Um, the cool thing is that if you put on that mode, the, the light comes on on the top on, on the adapter. Oh, okay. So it lets you know that hey, the mode is on. So that's cool. a pretty cool. There's a little little blue little plastic little little guy in the corner. 
that that'll light up. I got to be honest. On. This is something that uh, slick mode actually kind of makes me want to play the N sixty four. As crazy as wow. that sounds, wow, Ian. There are games that I've wanted. It's not just because graphically, but there are, have been a handful of games I've wanted to go back to and play, and a couple that I'd like to give another chance to. And honestly, is as fun as that sounds to me, sometimes I don't want to play N64 on my flat screen with nothing. Sure. Um, and I do have a CRT, but it's in a different room, and it's just it's not convenient. Something like this, throw it on the TV in the living room, sit down, grab a couple games from Luna, and start playing. I think it would be, I, I, it just it, it gives me that incentive to give it a go. Sure. I would like to play uh, Snowboard Kids again. <laughs> Snowboard Kids? Snowboard Kids 1 and 2. That's, that's your thing? That's that. Those are the two games I want to play the uh, most. So I was trying to see if uh, Pound, Pound puts out uh, cables as well as another option, usually around $30. I've done it for Xbox, original Xbox Dreamcast. They have a Super Nintendo one. They're, they're usually around 30 bucks. I'm trying to. They did a PS2 one, and they, they get mostly positive reviews from what I've heard. Um, I'm trying to see if they had an N64 solution as well. That was in a works coming out because now this is all like how quickly can you get these to market? You know, you you have multiple options now for a lot of these consoles, whether it's the pound cables, uh, the Eon cables, uh, or Eon adapter. There's other companies that make these upscaling cables as well. There's HD Pl- Retrovision. There's 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 th- those options as well. So. Now it's just how quickly can you get it to market and how well can you let people know that it exists? Right. You know? um, so it looks like I'm looking at Pound's te- website. They're working on the TurboGrafx cable. That would be huge to me if it comes out. Hopefully it's good. There's been some issues with Pound cables. Uh, I know for the Super Nintendo, that was a bigger issue than, than the other ones before Xbox, that. Xbox uh, has an issue as well. I believe it was only, at least the first run was only working with certain uh, original Xbox. Gotcha. If I'm looking at the, the Amazon reviews, like the PS2 one, which is also PS1, 4.3 out of 5 stars. That's pretty good. Uh, the Xbox one was 4.3 out of 5. Super Nintendo. It comes down to, you know, you're probably getting what you're paying for. It it, it really depends how crazy do you want to get about this. Yeah. How How exact do you want it to be? Do you just want it to hook up to an HDTV and look okay? There's options for that, and they're priced accordingly. Do you want it to look amazing? Well, the Pound one's upscale as well. It's just, I guess, how well does it do it? Sure. That's what I mean. That does it. Um, So, this is going to be $150. It comes out. The Eon one is $150. It comes out in July. Um, $150, if it gets the job done, I think isn't unreasonable. It's not. It's not um, at all, because HDMI mods for the N64 are expensive. And and plus, again, um, I, I actually just, I spoke with uh, Hyperkin, uh, Hyperkin's booth at Too Many Games, and I straight up asked him, when is this N64 HD clone going to come out? And they don't know yet where it's going to come out. But, but whatever solution they come up with, if it's emulation-based, will not be as good as this solution to me. Yeah, you'll be able to get the emulation functions of, you know, uh, screenshots and, and things of that nature, maybe save states involved, you know, things like that. But I would rather have this solution and just pull out, you know, you know, a, a $30 N64 console laying around and just plug this in, and that's all probably you'll ever need. N64 systems are pretty robust. Yeah, they are. Put in the jumper pack, get your rumble pe- pack ready to go, and it's the same exact experience, you know? So yeah, like I'm looking HDMI modded N64s before this came out. Like uh, there's a 
uh, Metal Jesus Rocks video that I'm not looking at that says $400. Is it worth it? There's one used being sold on Mercari for $522. So I, it seems like the HDMI mod was even more expensive than I thought because I thought just modding it was about $200. Um, I'm not incredibly sure. Anyways, it's expensive. This is... People may find 150 to be pricey, but it's actually cheaper than what you would pay before. Gotcha. It's a start. Gotcha. It looks like, going back to the, the, the competitor, uh, the Pound one, it looks like there must have been a review cop- copy sent out a couple of months ago, for an, but I don't see it for sale yet, their their version. So it's like, who's going to get to market first? Well, maybe it sounds like Eon's getting to, uh, uh, to market first with their solution uh, here. I hear you go. Ultra HDMI upgrade kit, 165. So That's a kit. That's you got to do kit. it yourself still? Yeah. So holy crap! No one should be doing that. One fifty with like putting your own board in, basically. That's so, what it is. No, if that, I understand. those solutions are not for the average consumer. That, no. no, you need you need a plug and play or just a cable. That here you go. Off off you go, and you're and and you're running here. So um, uh, I'm looking forward to checking this out. Uh, the Eon uh, cable, and at that point, I guess. Does that pretty much uncover all the cartridge uh, systems at that point? What's what's left that we need an HDMI solution for that we couldn't before, either through H through through HDMI upgrades, through a Retron clone, or through FPGA? We've got Jaguar. Let's okay, what someone that people want <laughs> for Jaguar. I'm sure someone will put out a cable at some point uh, and do that. I mean, honestly, let's see. Does it already? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it exists. We got even the Retron 77. I don't think we're going to have a, uh, you know, unfortunately the, the ColecoVision a- FPGA one, uh, the Kickstarter unfortunately fell short for that, but even that one. Oh, did it? Yeah, yeah it that's did. a bummer. So unfortunately, but but even for that, once you get ColecoVision, what are you going to do? An Odyssey 2 and Intellivision one? Probably not. But even those, aren't those cores even, for, you can still use those cores for the, uh, for the uh, the uh, what is it uh, the FPGA um, NES one the mini you oh, the eat, analog NT yeah analog NT you could you could put the cores in to, to play those games for a lot of those because that's eight bit and before uh, for the Intellivision so so most of these we got a solution for now watch you're gonna probably search Jaguar HD and some that's what I'm doing and I think there is something there's some solution out there for Jaguar HD you want to play Cybermorph in, in, in all its glory and 1080p on there. Yeah, it's called the Kitty Box. Okay, the Kitty Box. At 99 euros. Okay, Patman, 120 bucks. 99 euros apparently connects to the back of uh, the Jag and converts to 1080p. I'm actually looking at a small thread on our favorite forum, Atari Age. So, okay, so not, not, so under 150 bucks still, if you want to play the three or four Jaguar games that are probably worth playing, you could do that. (laughs) <laughs> I have heard reports that these are actually just a budget upscaler device in a new case. <laughs> oh, okay then. We can't endorse that. <laughs> we can't endorse it if allegedly they took something off the shelf and put it and put it in a wrapper uh, there. Okay. I mean, there's no proof of that. We don't know that. Yeah. We're, we're just reporting what other people are saying here. That's that's how we can say that. Yes. Uh, so, but the Super sixty four. Uh, from Eon, it's uh, July twenty second, one hundred and fifty bucks, uh, and we're going to see probably lots of videos there uh, taking a look at it. But if it does what it says to me, that's definitely worth it. All right, um, Ian, loot boxes. Ah, yes, a good old fashioned loot box. But that's not what they would prefer them to be known as. Uh, EA. Uh, during a meeting with the uh, UK's parliament. Oh, yes, because they're, they're bringing that up, too. 
uh, no. Yeah. says that uh, they prefer to call loot boxes. This is from Kerry Hopkins, Vice President of Legal and Government Affairs at EA. Um, they prefer to call loot boxes <laughs> surprise mechanics and argue that their use in EA games is quite ethical and quite fun and enjoyable to people. Oh, it's not a lie. It's an alternative fact. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. They went on to compare the loot boxes to uh, Kinder Eggs. Oh, okay. And Hatchimals, uh, that's like a little toy that you open it, and there's a you know a, a fucking furry creature in there. And uh, I believe they uh, they likened it to like blind box toys and stuff like that. Or getting a, putting a quarter in and getting a little yeah. bubble bubble thing with a with a slinky cheap or or like a sticky hand a sticky hand out of there. Yeah, they're, they're trying. To, which people try to argue with us that it's the same as loot boxes. Surprise mechanics. Surprise mechanics. Yep. So, uh, yeah, that's... I just... I want to see this. I, I, I wish I could have seen it. Wherever you stand, wherever you stand on the loot box issue, wherever you stand on the loot box issue, the doubling over and twisting into knots to, like, rephrase this. To not think it's gambling. Surprise! We love surprise mechanics. I'm gonna buy oh ten surprise God. mechanics today so oh I can get. It's, it's just it's fucking crazy. I, I think um, when you bring up uh, uh, like blind boxes or something you get in a machine, I think what people never talk about when they're trying to say it's the same thing is that that's a physical object, sure, that you can use and in theory pass on to someone else, put on eBay. You could sell it. The yes. Po- you can't do shit. You own it. You can't do shit with something in the digital space that you get and just, there you go. Yeah. Surprise mechanic. Yeah. Lots of games that use loot boxes. You can't switch stuff around. You can't switch stuff around like with the Overwatch loot boxes, for instance. You can't just trade to people. But it's not a tangible object, right. a loot box. So you can't say it's the same thing. It's not. It's, it's the same as baseball cards. No. Because when I was a kid, I knew that there was 12 baseball cards inside. Like, I knew, and a bad piece of gum. Yep. That's what you're paying for. Like, you know that's what, there's no, the only surprises, I guess, out of that set, what you're going to get, sure, but you got baseball cards that you can do something with. You know. You, don't, you never felt cheated getting a pack of baseball cards. Well, right? You, you know what's going to be in there. With the way these loot boxes work, oftentimes it's. Holy shit. Cosmetics, or sound clips, or new guns, or things like that. It's not. It, it's broad. Put a thumb, uh, you put a quarter in a gumball machine, you're getting a gumball. Put a quarter in a machine that sells sticky hands, you don't know what color you're getting, but you know you're getting a sticky hand. Buy sure. 12 baseball cards, you're getting 12 baseball cards. You buy a loot box I, because you're desperately trying to get a costume and you keep getting everything else. I do find that to be a bit different. And yeah, there are chase cards, or you know, there are always chase baseball cards or sports cards or Marvel cards, the holograms. Uh, but... There's odds that you knew, like, oh, there's going to be, like, one or two in the box box of cards in the set. It wasn't, like, also that deal, like, okay, well, this weekend only, Ian, run down to your comic shop, because only this weekend you got to buy the packs of cards to make sure the special hologram cards are only going to be in that weekend. Right. That shit doesn't go on either. The time-based stuff only happens when it's digital. Never, it doesn't happen with the physical stuff. Right. Either. So it, it's, a, it's a weak ar- argument. And now, now you gotta, you got to think of terms that... The average person thinks insane, like surprise mechanics. It's not surprise mechanics when I go to the casino 
and and tell me hit me on on twelve and oh. I, 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 I got a king, so it's 22, I lose. So I feel surprised I lost. That's not a surprise, surprise mechanic. Surprise! That's just part of the gambling experience, that you might win or lose. <laughs> it's not a surprise mechanic. I've never when heard I, of winning not, money as being referred to as a surprise it's mechanic. It's not a mechanic that I, I lost $500 playing, playing Shaq Blackjack, which is very entertaining, at a casino last year. That's not a surprise mechanic. That's the gambling ex- experience and buzz you get, potentially, of doing this stuff. That's what it is. You played blackjack with Shaq? Shaq Blackjack. It's it, he goes place your bets. No more bets. It's a whole digital experience. There's a dealer still and about 20 people on your own mas- machine digitally seeing the cards come out and you and you Wait, bet. Wait, so literally Shaquille O'Neal blackjack. It's called Shaq Blackjack, Ian. Okay, well and I- you're betting you're betting one of three hands that the dealer has up there. So everyone has a camera on the dealer's cards and then three sets. You pick one of the, the three sets you want to play. Or all three you can wager on on your own digital machine. It's fucking brilliant. Huh. And I, like I said, I played for eight hours and eventually lost 500. But I was up like $500 at one point. I should have quit. And it's just Shaq saying, no more bets. Blackjack. Like, that's all the Shaq thing is. That's all the Shaq experience. Shaq isn't dealing the cards to you. He doesn't work at that mis- casino. Sorry, what were we talking about? I'm into uh, it. Surprise mechanics we were talking about. Shaq's a surprise mechanic. Yeah, Shaq's great. We all love Shaq. That's a surprise. If Shaq showed up at my door, that would be a surprise we- mechanic. Shaq's a good person. Um, they try to compare to Kinder Eggs, which is funny, being that uh, they used to be illegal because of the choking hazard, not because of you know a, a, basically a Cracker Jack prize stuck yeah. inside your egg because a couple of dumb kids choked on them and died. So, so that means we can't have Kinder Eggs? Sorry. But you can get them now, which is good, you know. Yeah, loot boxes don't come with any chocolate. No, that that too. You can't compare them to Kinder eggs. There's there's no there's no chocolate spits out your Xbox when you when you try to get a costume <laughs> for a fucking Call of Duty game. I'm just picturing, a chocolate. I'm just picturing like an Xbox One like growing fat and then spitting out a bunch of chocolate coins. Yeah, like like a, like a 3D printer of chocolate inside every every console. <laughs> Ooh, wait a minute, that's a, that's an I idea. I want a chocolate printer. Now now we're gonna we're gonna break the console game there. Sorry. Uh, the British Parliament is investigating loot boxes over concerns that they constitute gambling and the potential harm that could cause to children, citing anecdotal, anecdotal, anecdotal evidence and research that calls loot boxes addictive. Of course they're addictive. That's part of the surprise mechanics experience. It's addictive. Gambling can be addictive. You get a rush. Am I going to win or lose? this time? I, you rarely do things once when you gamble. You rarely do. Because if you win, you're like, oh, I just won. Let me win again. Or if you lose, oh, no, I lost. I can probably win next time. Yep. That's gambling. Surprise mechanics. That would be funny if I if I sue a casino over that, not calling them surprise mechanics. Because <laughs> I lost $500 playing Shaq Blackjack. All right, anything else to add here? Nah. It's happening It's happening country by country. The battles, the, the, the battle that's going to be waged here is going to be interesting still because of all the fucking... Uh, People in Congress probably going to start taking money from EA, you know, out of an envelope with a guy like in a, in a trench coat. All the lobby groups that are going to be popping up for for this stuff. It's going to happen more sooner than you think. So, all right, moving on from our surprise mechanics of the, what's the next podcast segment going to be? <gasps> all right, Ian, do we have a tales from the game store? No, because uh, people are ruining Tales for the, from the Game Store. Just want to let everyone know that we knew that this was probably going to happen, but it's happened. So maybe we give it a week or two break? We're, we're going to give it a, a break here. Um, but, hey, it was fun while it lasted. But people are irresponsible and don't know. That's why we can't have nice things. Can't have nice things. 
can't have nice things. So you're just going to just bank the story for, for next time, write down the story and bank it? Yeah, I'm going to bank the story about Brother Andre. Brother Andre? Brother Andre. Oh, now, see, now, see, see what you did? You ruined Tales from the Game Store out there. Probably not even people that listen to the podcast. Like the audio no, version. probably not. I'm so, going to guess not. So we probably should put that in the intro <laughs> for next time. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Brother Andre is a saga. We'll, uh, we'll put it down, but... Um, no, I'm not particularly thrilled about doing it right now. Okay. I'm mad at a certain subset of people. Okay, people are ruining the experience for everyone else, and, and, and then it affects us because, you know, it's, it's not like the most popular segment. Yep. And we don't do Scumbag Cell of the Week as much anymore because it's the same old, same old. Yep. Uh, that happens with that. But maybe I can do a Scumbag Cell of the Week after the Patreon poll topic. Ian, we have a Patreon poll. We that do. You, that topic. And how do you access our Patreon? What, what do you get, Ian? Patreon.com slash CU podcast, and you get stuff in return for money tiers. Uh, we, uh, no, 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 you don't get stuff in return. You get, you get benefits and perks. You get surprise mechanics of, ah, uh, of, of, of surprise perks. mechanics. Right. Uh, you get the full podcast. That's the big deal. Uh, you get to participate in the uh, weekly Patreon poll. You get to read, uh, me ramble about bullshit, usually food. Um, and, uh, yeah, there's a lot of fun stuff there. Uh, it's a big, happy community. Come on down. Uh, grab yourself a plate. Grab yourself a plate. So we had a we had a poll topic uh, come up. Um, in third place, how would you revive James Bond as a video game IP? Eighteen percent only for for Bond. I think that last movie's coming out with uh, Daniel Craig next year. The fifth one with him finally. Uh, in second place, one more GameStop uh, stop accepting PS3, 360, Wii, and Wii U games and systems for trade. Uh, and then at first place with fifty six percent. Wow. Why is the term doesn't age well problematic with video games? Ian? I don't always... I mean, I, I realize this is a sticking point for you. I don't always feel like there's a problem with that term. With that term. Okay, explain, explain why. So, I agree that in a lot of cases, you, you, you can't necessarily say that. A lot of times, I think people use that just based on graphics. Um, Mostly sound. on graphics. Yeah, graphics and sound. And that that doesn't jive with me. That's fine. Um, so it is problematic then. Well, that is. However, there are times where I think it, it, it makes sense. A game could have come out that changed the landscape of of a genre. Um, I don't know. It, just say an old computer RPG or something like that. Ultima? Sure. Ultima is an instance. Ultima 3 is a sequel to Ultima 2. Uh, I mean, let's look at Ultima. Ultima, <laughs> just Ultima, yeah. Ultima 1. Yeah. <laughs> He just who, not got the who, who said that? I did. That was you. Okay, yeah. Um, it it's an important game, and there's cool reasons to go back to it. But it doesn't hold up now with all the improvements that have been made. It doesn't diminish it. So you're saying? So you're but saying? I'm saying no. I don't particularly want to sit down and play Ultima today. You don't. But there's people that would. Sure. But I think it's fine to say I don't like this game. It doesn't age well. It didn't age well. It's it's a simple term. Now I don't I don't like it with graphics and stuff like that, but with mechanics and stuff like that if a game felt clunky but it was once great, I mean, let's say I mean the Resident Evil controls don't age well. You can still play the game, but they did not age well. They age like shit. There are things that don't age well in games. Overall, I think it's a crutch that people fall back on too much, but there are instances It's a terrible where you... term because it doesn't even mean anything really when you get down to it. Well, you go ahead with your take. Okay. The, the, the issue I have is that it's almost what I see it used a lot of time 
it's not used in the personal way where I don't think it aged well for me. People try to put try to um, uh, plant their experience to others. So when I see re- reviewers use it or people saying, oh, uh, I don't know, uh, Atari games haven't aged well. And now they're even saying NES games haven't aged well. To a lot of people, NES is too primitive. It hasn't aged well. I saw someone, uh, Jason Schreier, criticize the NES Classic, saying most of these games, you know, no one plays these games. I didn't even say something like they haven't aged well. And the problem with that is that you're playing... I, I, I disagree uh, with that. It, so you, So it's a problematic term, and this is why. Because your expectations of how an older game should be and feel gets tangled up with how modern games are. So all of a sudden, that means the older games are diminished. With other media, we don't do that. We don't do that for movies. We don't do that for TV shows, usually. We don't do that for music. We don't say, oh, the Beatles haven't aged well because they're not using uh, vocoders. Like, no one says that. Something can be enjoyed in its time period. It absolutely can. I mean, it's like saying, well, I don't watch black and white movies because there's no color. They don't. They haven't aged well. Well, they weren't made for now. They were made for the 30s and 40s and 50s. I don't think and it's, it's pl- quite the same. No, it, it is exactly the same, Ian. You can say that to you, I don't prefer to play Pitfall because of, of the simple gameplay and graphics. But the other people that are playing it realize that it was made for that time period on that console with those limitations. And it's fine. And it's still fun. And you can still play it. You can still play Pac-Man. And it's a fun game. I mean, it's just opinions. Yes, but people try to say that those opinions become the fact of the matter when it comes to those things. I mean, I've I've never really read it that way. I don't think it's a fact. It's just an opinion on, I don't like this. It didn't age well. It's a, it's 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 a, it's a I, terrible I know, term. I know you have a, a huge problem with the term. You always have. But it's a I terrible just, term. Because I, 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 a lot of times the age has even nothing to do with it. Because like like for example, you said Resident Evil had bad mechanics, like the tank sort of rotation, yeah, things like that. Nothing to do with the age. It was just a it was just bad mechanics. Nothing to do with the time of the mechanics. Yes, but people loved it when it came out, and the mechanics are not loved now. The mechanics did not age well. Or, or you can say they improved upon the mechanics. Yes, you can, you can say that. Yes, the you same can, way you they can imp- say either way. The you same can way. Say no, it either you way. The yes, same way. The same way they improved upon NES graphics to make them Super Nintendo. It doesn't mean the NES graphics didn't age well. It just means that they improved upon them over time. This is incredibly same, silly. This no, it's not the yes, same way. It is. I'm sorry. I think it's problematic because it it puts your misguided opinions upon a time period's entertainment medium and transplants it to how you're supposed to look at it now because of the improvements after the fact. I just think it's weak. And plus, it, it, it makes it seem like because uh, that you're enjo- you can't enjoy it, other people can't. That, that that's what I always get well, the connotation. It, it's of. weak in or the way sh- that- or should you you shouldn't enjoy it because I can't. That's the way I always took it. I, I- so that's what I get. I mean, it's weak in the fact that it's a coverall. I mean, you can go into depth and criticize the things that you don't think aged well or were bad. Oh, Legend of Zelda doesn't age well because it it doesn't have stuff that the the, the future Zelda games have. What? I mean, you can disagree with it, but I still think it's a perfectly reasonable term. I don't think it's reasonable at all. I think it's it's cheap. I think it's lazy. And uh, yeah, that's all. You're insulting my retro games, Ian. That's the bottom line. You're insulting my retro games. I mean, I've never really said that anything didn't age well. The, just, the, the general I, use. I understand why people might use the term. Because think about that now. If, if all of a sudden NES isn't aging well, that means at some point 
SNES is not going to age well, and then other systems aren't going to age well to you. And then the whole the whole retro gaming empire comes crumbling down on top of us. <laughs> I'm just being goofy now. I think. <laughs> yes, I think. I think. I think that's right. <laughs> Marky, what's going on, Marky? Marky Stevens, what's going on, buddy? You're not getting less goofy. Um, we have the same hair, by the way. Me yeah. and Marky Stevens. Yeah, I, know, I did actually notice that. <laughs> All right. Uh, you so, were really you were really influenced by. I was by young Marky Stevens. Thirty two years later. 30 years later. All right, so patreon.com slash pockets, and he's going to have a writing up today-ish? Yeah, today-ish. You remind me before I reminded you. I was like, wow. Yep, I'm Holy right. shit. This is what it feels I know, like. I know I got to get it done. Ian's, Ian's going to take over the business. When Pat's, when Pat's in a coma, this is how Ian's got to act. Yep. He's got to think about these things. All right. Um, we do have a scumbag seller of the week. Scumbag seller of the week. Week. Let me put in this... Uh, Put it in this. I'll put it in right here. This is a, a seller, Ian, who's selling uh, ah this repro. Yes, an <laughs> NWC gold repro kit. A do your a, a DIY do it yourself repro gold kit. <sighs> All right. So the, the seller is Fun Stuff Direct. God, I love direct fun stuff. Uh, Three ninety nine. They would like to charge you for this what rare a, repro. That's the auction. The buy it now, Ian. Is six hundred dollars for the buy it now? Why is there a bid? Why is there a four hundred dollar bid on this shit? So, Ian, what you get with this is you get your uh, uh, goldish Nintendo cart with a dubious dip switch. Yeah, <laughs> that isn't the real dip switch, thankfully. But then they give you like four or five different labels. It almost looks of like varying quality to to, to cut out your own. It's like you were back in Nintendo headquarters yeah. in 1990, cutting out the labels to get to those 26 winners of, of the real NWC gold cart there. This this description is uh, special. 1990 NES World Championships gold cart. Beautiful, flawless repro. Condition is brand new. Shipped with USPS, blah, blah, blah. You will receive only one gold cart repro. Works extensively like the real deal. Ready to play. This is brand new. Only four available. So so three you can buy. One is going up for... Good Be- luck and God bless. Best reproduction in the market. By the way, capitalize the first uh, word in your sentence. Yeah. Grammar Pat's coming after you here. So um, so I'm not surprised. Oh, and then plus you get a little uh, certificate. A, a bullshit little certificate. There yeah. You see that? Yeah. That says... Um, this hereby certifies that whoever has successfully competed in the 1990 World Championships, uh, signed by Mario. I almost feel like we thought we talked about this in the past. Um, yeah. the, the the people that got the gold didn't participate in the competition. Yeah. So this idiot can't even get that right in the history of it. Which is probably good. We should probably let him uh, do that. But this is this stuff can be pawned off as real to some su- su- suspecting person. That's the problem with this. This is why I don't like this stuff. Oh, yeah. That's or awesome. someone can get a gray, and this makes it even a little bit easier to, to transfer a gray to a gold. And you can say, Pat, that's insane. Why do you do that? Because a gold right now, from an offer I just turned down, a gold is worth about seventy, eighty thousand more than a gray one is. So it, it could behoove someone who has a gray to potentially do that. Then I always say, then, what do you do with that gray shell? You want to destroy it and make sure it doesn't exist anymore. Because once someone finds that, oh no, there's a gold out there that was trans, trans, transformed for gray. There's a panic in the, in the gold community. You know that when that happens, uh, what what else is fun stuff direct selling here? What, what's at their store? I hope it would be fun. You think it'd be fun? <laughs> uh, PlayStation Two uh, box uh, keto healthcare uh, breath meter unused. What? Uh, a Disney Pinocchio. What? This doesn't make any sense. 
This person has 245 items a, for sale. A and David, all weird. A David Lee <laughs> Warriors jersey. He was with that first team in 2015. He's since been retired. He's, he's Steph Curry's pal. Yep. Big yep. Guy. David Lee. There it is. Doesn't make any sense. A Casio men's G-Shock. G-string? G-Shock. G-Shock. Okay. Uh, Underworld. Celine's Throwing Stars prop replica. <laughs> this, this person is selling the fun stuff. All right. So, okay. Yeah. I, it, it's weird to see that thrown in because... A lounger that's... set. Well, he must have he must have uh, someone in China that he saw for sale, and he sees the, you know, the, the wad and heritage stuff saying, I want to get on this action, too. Has to. It's a lot. It's it's just fucking strange. Sure it's is. strange to see this. Like I said, good thing it's a generic four dip switch there. That's obviously not the Nintendo one on board uh, here. I just don't know who would want a replica of something like this. Who would want to spend that money on a replica? That too, Ian. Good point. Like who would want to spend a, a try to pass off a replica? Are you going to display it in your room and say, "Wow, that's taking the place of a real item," and it looks kind of like that? Unless I get close to it, I just don't understand why you want a replica. That looks like it. Like I don't. I don't get it. Yeah. If you want, if you want to get one to play, like like the retro USB ones that were like blue or there's a I think there's a black shell one the or a red one shell. Pretty cool looking. That's fine. Blue but wh- why go for one that uh, looks like a counterfeit? Yeah. If you're gonna have a fake, have a fake. Have a fake. Do it up. Do it up. The only thing I can think of is that someone's looking at these, being like, "Can I pass it off? Or can I make th- this? Uh, if this is probably on AliExpress, it would probably cost you ten bucks." 15 bucks, 20 bucks. So they're probably like, well, what's an idiot going to pay for? It's something we talked about before about like there being a, try, someone trying to make a legitimate fake repro market based upon the value of, of the original. Like like you see like the Dinosaur yeah. Peaks, the fake Dinosaur Peaks being yeah. sold for 100 bucks because the real ones are 1000 No, that's not how counterfeits work. They're worthless. Sorry. I'm looking to see if this can get on, uh, if you can get this on AliExpress right now. I can almost guarantee you could. <clears throat> You know, I'm, I'm sure that that this is going on there. Nintendo anniversary signed rare. What the fuck? Yeah, I found it. <laughs> I, yeah, I did my search better than you. I think. Uh, yeah, you can get one AliExpress. You know what they charge on AliExpress? This is where you got them from. And AliExpress, they're being they're charging two hundred dollars for it. Really? Yes. Holy shit! The same as that one. The dip switch is exactly the same. The board is a a, a fucking. They try to they try to do the the NES event uh, on on to try to match that yeah. part. So I guess we're getting to that point where you got to just open up all these fucking gold and look. I mean, it's not the same dip switch though. Absolutely, is not, and it's not the, the same board. But they try to do the NES event that you kind of see in the corner of the gold. Yeah, they're trying to pawn it off. It doesn't include the it only includes the label though on this site. It's a cyclone, one of the cyclone carts. Oh no, you get you get no, no you get the certificate. So okay, so if you want to buy one of these, at least buy it from the source at AliExpress for two hundred dollars. Yeah, don't don't pay an upcharge because you can't look. <laughs> don't cha- don't get charged uh, two hundred percent more and pay six hundred dollars on it. Here, if if you had to, I'm gonna put the link here for uh, for for good old Kieran as well. Here, <gasps> we'll we'll do this here. All right, so um. What is it? Fun Direct Zone? What is it? Fun Stuff Direct. Big Fun Direct. <laughs> Big Fun Stuff. <laughs> Big Fun Stuff. Fun Stuff Direct. You are the scumbag seller of the week. Week. 
All right. Uh, is that it for the CU podcast, Ian? Do we want, that's want that's to, it for the CU podcast. We want to talk about this act razor thing? Not really. There's not a whole lot to really say about it. I mean, when it comes out, we should go over it, though. We should come out with Okay. I'll go over it. When it comes out, I'll buy it. Okay. There's a spiritual success, successor to the act razor that in my head I wanted to develop at some point, but I don't need to because it's coming out. Here it is. Thankfully. It won't be as good as mine and Pat's head, but it's, it's, it's coming out there. We've got a basketball game to work on, all right? Let's get that done first. 2020 and we're gonna we're gonna at least work on it 2020 i'll start the I'll, we'll start it right now all right and, and we'll put we'll do a pat and ian uh easter egg uh, in the crowd <laughs> we'll be holding the sign yeah up. yeah because it would be a laugh if i was on the basketball court in any way shape or oh no i said we'd be in the crowd yeah yeah that's what i that's oh <laughs> yeah you don't have hops you don't have game Mm-mm. i was always a good reason. i've loved basketball I since i was it. a kid and i can't fucking play it i can't shoot a hoop to save my goddamn life i'm good at the basics i'm actually good at rebounding I'm good at like boxing out, but I'm not tall, so it's you know it, you gotta my, be tall to play basketball well. You just do. It's my favorite sport, and I and I play it the worst of any sport I've ever played. Are, are you are you keeping up with all the, uh, the? We're almost we're almost at the free agent, the weird free agent market. Yep, that's going to change the face of the league. Okay, is Kevin Durant going to resign with the Warriors and rehab this year? Clay Thompson's probably going to resign and be back by like March or so. I think Durant will resign. You think he will? He's like, fuck this. I want I want I want four more championships. I kind of feel it that way. I, th- I think also it's, uh, I, I think it's, it feels safer. I think he him. likes the team. Yeah, I think Steph and Clay are like good guys. Steph's like the best. Steph, I don't think people understand. People understand. I hate saying that, but Steph could have been his own MVP candidate the past three, four years if Durant was on the team every year. Like his numbers, he he diminished himself in the grand scheme by bringing on Durant. But he knew, like, that's the smart move. Yeah. You get one of the best players in your team, you have a better chance of winning. He didn't have to do that. It was a smart move. And, you know, everyone shares there. It's it's fun to play on the Warriors. It just is. I imagine It's it fun be. to watch. And I, 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 it seems like a team that you could become attached to. Yeah. Even though Draymond Green's a whack job here and there. He's a good player. He's, you know, he has the fire. He's a whack job, though. But whatever. You need you need someone like that. You need a, a guy that's ready to punch you uh, if you don't play well on a team. And uh, yeah, it just seems like it's a you know, and you cannot like Clay. Everyone likes Clay. Everyone loves Clay. I, I like the a lot of the players on the Warriors. I just I feel nothing for the team. I'll put. I'll just say this: I, Steph is probably the reason I got back into the NBA. The extent I did, sure, five years ago, he probably is. So that alone, I have to good I have reason. To, like, it's just oh, what the hell is fun to play? It's like NBA Jam. Uh, yeah, watching that guy fucking go off is nuts. Yeah. I can uh, watch him throw three-pointers all day. Yeah, and so next year, when he doesn't have Clay and, and Durant, he might average 35 points and hit, and shoot like seven threes a game. Like, he could probably do that if he wanted to. Oh, yeah. He'll be exhausted and probably injure himself because if he plays so much, that's the only bad thing. That. I'm, just, I'm just saying, knock on wood, like, you don't want him to, but he has the ability to do that. He scored 47 in, in, game, in the game three loss. Three. With, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, that he, wasn't on him. <laughs> no, but people are like, well, why do you do that? Well, otherwise no one else would score. Yeah. So he has the ability to do that, but he's so small. He's only like 6'2", 6'3", 190 pounds. He gets worn out. He, and he's not like Durant or LeBron that can muscle past someone or jump or see over. He has to be smart. And and I, there's a lot of articles come out. This is now an NBA discussion about why Steph hasn't gotten the respect he has, especially among the players. It's because he's not supposed to be as good as he is. Sure. He isn't. He's not built like a traditional well, NBA superstar. Right. 
No one's dominated like he has being under like 6'6 and being under 200 pounds. It hasn't happened. He's maximized his uh, his potential ability to the fullest. Oh, yeah. And maybe these other players, they haven't done it. They're just... They're just they're just genetically gifted that they're big and yeah they're skilled but Steph has worked tirelessly to improve. Usually when you're a he's, super, he's near his level cap. A lot of no, guys who are better, he's yeah, he's in his level cap because it took him five years to become a superstar in the league. Yeah, four or five years. You're, usually you're your superstar from the get go. He's had to improve to get there. That's extremely rare. You know, Michael Jordan was good out of the gate. He didn't win out of the gate everything, but he was great out of the gate. Sure. You know, that's the difference. LeBron was great out of the gate. Steph was. Steph was like, yeah, he's a pretty good player. Then all of a sudden, oh, my God. God he's really he's great. Sh- he's broken the three. He's changed the league because now everyone's shooting threes because of this guy. Sorry. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not riding Steph Curry's jock, but it's weird how he's been diminished somehow, like, his ability. for we- like, I've never seen it before with a player that good. Like, oh, this Gretzky guy, you know, oh, well, he's not that. He's, he's overrated. Like, you never saw that happen, you know, in the league. You know, people that change the league, they're overrated. He puts you know. up shitty shoes, though. You don't like you don't like the. the I remember the, the original armor? Steph Curry's looked like fucking dad mowing the lawn. No, those, shoes. those those are the two lows. Those are the casual ones. They made fun of. <laughs> those were awful. Some were better. Hey, we can't all be. There's <laughs> time to design your own shoe. Ian. <laughs> okay, I'm just saying. Now, you want to see a podcast shoe? We'll do a see you podcast shoe. We'll do it. We'll do it up. All right, that's it for this see you podcast. Thanks so much. Uh, and then uh, we're gonna uh, we're gonna be in conventions in. in uh, August, I'll be at uh, Missouri Game Con. Uh, August second, uh, and uh, excuse me, August third, I'll be at Missouri Game Con, and then we'll both be at Long Island Retro Gaming Expo on the tenth and eleventh of August. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was. <laughs> I don't know why. I did that was that, that Step Brothers. Yep, from yep. John C. Riley. Oh, speaking of that, real quick, I, I'm now becoming older, where I'm starting to hate. The fact that all the movies are these genre films and superhero movies. Like, I never thought I'd get there. I was on the plane and watched a great Laurel and Hardy movie that came out that I had no idea came out like within the past year. Uh, Steve Coogan as uh, as um, as Stan Laurel, and then Oliver Hardy. No, yeah, Oliver, the big one. John C. Riley transformed into uh, into Hardy. Like you couldn't recognize him. Really, he looked like him. So it takes place in 1953. John C. Riley's freaking great. So a Laurel and Hardy movie that was funny, but also dramatic. It, it had to do. It was it took place in 1953. They did a tour in England. I didn't know this happened. This was like their last hurrah. Their their movie careers have been had been you know dormant for a while because they had their heyday like in the 30s, and it's them just trying to come to the grips that hey, this is the last go for us because his health was failing because he was he was way out of shape and the, the toll it took on their bodies performing and everything, and then. Uh, Laurel tried to keep them together, doing all the writing, working hard, and they had a spat in the 30s. Apparently. It was a great movie. And I was like, why haven't I heard of this movie before? Like, I had no idea this was a movie. I would have saw this in theaters. Yeah. We are losing, like, those sort of movies that aren't low-budget indies but aren't huge blockbuster tentpoles. Like, they're not – I don't know about these movies anymore. Yeah, I, I, I'm the same way. Like, things come out, and I either was like, I didn't know that came out, or I just – I didn't know it already came out, or I didn't know it existed. Um, uh, I, I like superhero movies. I do. I love them. I love them, too. Uh, I love comics, but... Uh, that should be the only thing we watch in theaters. Yeah, exactly. Because the other movies don't get made. Don't, don't get made. And then there was a Paul Rudd movie. That I was like, is that Paul Rudd? Uh, what, what the hell is a Paul... Uh, 
Paul Rudd movie uh, called? Where's his IMDb? I, a Paul Rudd movie that takes place in World War II. It was based on a true story where he gets recruited by, before it was a CIA, he was a, a baseball catcher. He gets recruited because he can speak multiple languages to try to assassinate uh, a German a German uh, scientist. I would have saw that. I had no idea that came out. Yeah. I love Paul Rudd. I would uh, Paul Rudd in a dramatic role like that. Yeah. I had no idea. I feel shortchanged now by all the all these blockbuster movies because I want to see a movie that's not like oh just superheroes. Now I'm sounding old, but uh, I'm sorry. I, I'm scrolling through the the, the 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 American Airlines movies. And I'm like I never heard of these movies before, and I'm kind of like now distraught that I'm missing out on these cool movies. Paul Rudd's fifty. Paul Rudd is fifty, 50 by the way. Yeah, I know that's insane. From New Jersey, he looks like he's 30, 36. Yeah, he looks younger than me. Eternally youthful. Yeah. Oh, he means gonna crack at some point, but but we want Paul Rudd to stay young. We all love Paul Rudd from Passaic, New Jersey. Did, did not know that. Good for you. Keanu Reeves is fifty three. I'm not even trying to get into the whole Keanu Reeves discussion, like the guy, but you know, people are just way too crazy about it. But I was like fifty fucking three, fifty fucking. Three. Please part Asian, which helps though. Fifty three. That helps. That helps with. The, 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 if Stem only, the crackage. If only I could look. What are you? What are you again, Ian? Fucking thirty-six. No, what, what, what ethnicities? White. That cracks. I mean, like you're like what, Scottish. Too fucking white. That's yeah, super, Scottish. Super crackage. Yeah, yeah. yeah See, so I got I got the olive skin, so it helps me. It helps me stave off a bit, a little bit there. Sorry, Ian. Sorry. Right. Stay out of the sun. Sunscreen and hats at the swap meet. Oh, I stay out of the sun. The sun does not like me. If I did not wear that hat at the swap meet, I would look eighty years old by now from all the swap meets I went to with the sun beating down the my floppy face. Hat. The floppy hat. You make fun of the hat, but you know, keeps keeps it fresh. Marky Stevens, there he is. All right, we're gonna get going. We're done. We'll see you later. <laughs>